Welcome to Hall of Stubs, the podcast that covers MLB greats not in the Hall of Fame. Here's your host, Zachary Nikolai. Joining Hall of Snubs yet again is the writer from Outkick and the host of Laker Nation, Gary Sheffield Jr. Gary, when you said you were coming back, I was so excited for this episode, man. Dude, thanks for having me. I I, I knew that we were going to get on pretty quick, too, just because, I mean, a lot of the stuff we were talking about is pretty juicy. I know we were talking about the whole Pete Rose thing and everything, so I'm happy to be back. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite players growing up. I imaged his swing. I was shaking the bat just like him. I think he might have been one of your favorite players, too, growing up. I want to talk about Gary Sheffield, your dad. So a couple of years ago, I was nominated for an award. And I remember just waiting for the email or the phone call. I was so nervous, just, mm-hmm. just waiting. How has your dad been emotionally and mentally the past six to seven years waiting for that Hall of Fame call? Not nervous at all. And I think the reason for that is that my dad enjoys his contemporaries. He enjoys his teammates and, and all the people he played against all the managers, he wanted their respect. That was really his goal. And that if he showed up to the field, he wanted to be respected. I want to be known as, I want to be the best player that I can be today. I want to be the best player on the field. And he's done that since he was a kid. So when he brought that from being a child all the way into the major leagues and accomplished that goal, he's not too concerned with what the baseball writers are are saying about him or, and obviously you know that is he's never cared. So him being in the hall of fame isn't going to validate his own career. I would say he wants to be in the hall of fame because I want him to be in the hall of fame. And and a lot of people who grew up watching him, they want to see him in the hall of fame because when you have kids and, and my dad hasn't played in major league baseball in 12, 13 years in five or 10 years, you're going to be asking kids. You might even be able to ask kids now at a little league field. Who's Gary Sheffield. They have no idea who he is. Now it's obviously that that might be a, a shame, but being in the hall of fame is going to help him be remembered as time goes on in 40 or 50 years when they say who is Gary Sheffield we're gonna have a bunch of old guys going oh yeah he used to waggle his bat well instead he should be in the most historic museum in the history of sports so uh, I'm hoping that things can change and that um, he can get that that final that final medal that he deserves it's unfortunate if that does happen I mean I was talking to someone the other day and I said hey I'm so excited I get to talk about Gary Sheffield and they were like who and I was like yeah he, he was a top three favorite player of mine growing up. I've, you and right. I have talked about this, you know, Derek Jeter, Vladimir Guerrero and Gary Sheffield, like those were my guys. And so people speculate, you know, people talk to you. Why is Gary Sheffield not in the hall of fame? Well, they don't understand the whole steroid issue. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, okay, well, he was just on steroids. They literally have no proof of that whatsoever. And not only do they not have proof, but their, their claim to proof is obviously the Balco report. And the Balco report literally reads that my dad was ordering vitamins from Balco. And then when he found out like what, what was going on at Balco, he immediately canceled everything he was ordering from Balco. Um, he never received any, any steroid from Balco. Balco can confirm that, but no writer is going to contact my dad and ask him about that. They're not going to do that because now that you've already said no to Gary Sheffield six or seven years in a row, and you're going to find out information. Oh, wow. Maybe we didn't do our due diligence here and, and say, well, maybe we just jumped the gun here. Maybe we just assumed and grouped him in to a, a guilty crowd in the steroid era and said that he, he accumulated 509 home runs, which is clearly a Hall of Famer, especially with his batting average and, and what he was able to do, um, throwing from the outfield, everything. They, 
they don't want to do any type of research to prove themselves wrong. So it, it's not surprising. And, and I really wish that baseball writers who have a vote would actually contact my dad and ask him face to face what's going on, what's happened in the past. Um, tell me the story about Balco, but they won't do it. The funny thing that about steroids in your dad. So 2002, they assumed that is when he started using it. That was first off his worst numbers from 99 to 2005. So logic's yep. already poked through that. And when the whole talk about testing came around, guys were against it. Like there was a yep. good portion of the league that was saying, no, we're not doing that. And your dad actually came out and said, yeah, I want to see. I want to see the testing. Right. I know what you guys put in your body. He's like, the only mm -hmm. reason you're scared is because you know that you have something to hide. And he right. was one of the few that not only was for it, he was pro like, hey, let's do this. Yeah. And it's, he was trying to make the game more transparent. He was also doing that when he was saying that they're bringing Latin players over because they're cheaper. And everyone says, well, you can't say that. That's racist. No, he was, my dad has been transparent his whole life. He's like that in baseball. He's like that in, in, in all walks of life. He, he basically tells you whether he's right or wrong. He tells you exactly what he feels. And he's really being honest when he's talking. And media, they cannot stand when someone's honest. They, they really cannot. They'd rather walk up to someone and say, hey, I know you lost 10 to 8. You know, I'm just devastated. You know, I'm just, I'm just so devastated that we lost this game in the middle of a regular season. You have people pretending and, and giving people answers to the media that they don't believe because they understand the media is going to take it a certain way. My dad couldn't care less. That's why my dad, everyone said, he's not going to do well in New York. He's not going to do well. But then eventually the people in New York, real baseball fans, ended up loving him because they're like, this guy is completely real. And we don't get that often. The baseball writers couldn't stand it. And unfortunately, they're the ones with a vote at the end. We'll go back to the steroid thing in a little bit. But there's always different ways to say something, right? There's positive connotation and negative connotation. Yeah. I've heard your dad's outspoken. And that, to me, could be negative connotation. I say it's genuine. Right. And it's funny because your dad, very self-reflective man. He's like, mm -hmm. hey, the media didn't like me because I said what I believe. But then in right. the same breath, he goes, you know what? They pretend they don't like me. They really like me because I don't give them that just political answer where it's, you know, we're going to do better tomorrow. Or He was very exactly. honest. And then he said, they love me even more because, you know, I give them a juicy quote. They go and write about it. I get mad about it. And then I answer honestly about that. And it's just a full cycle. And then in that same quote, he goes on to say, if there's more personality in baseball and make baseball bigger and more fun, which I 100% right. agree with, that's a different argument for a different day. But your dad was so open with everything, the steroids, yeah. the, his honesty with the media. Do you think that being in big markets, I would argue three, Los Angeles when he was with the Dodgers, New York when he was with the Mets and the Yankees, and then Miami because he was a part of that Marlins team when it was an expansion team. Do you think being in those big markets harmed his relationship with the media? No, I think the issue was that he didn't get to stay. I think that was the, the real issue is that he, he continued to move to different organizations and taking short-term contracts. Well, part of the issue with doing that is you see it with Derek Jeter in, in a positive light is that the New York media will protect you as one of their own. That's very beneficial. That's some reason my dad was trying to stay with the Dodgers for, he was trying to sign a deal for 12 or 13 years. He was going to be obviously the first contract to, to be doing that, but he wanted to do that. Partially he loved LA, but he also knew that if I can do this, 
LA is going to protect me. I'm going to be the, okay. This is like, it's the same thing as like how LA protected Kobe Bryant. When something bad happens, LA is going to protect their golden boy. And that's what they should do. So when my, if my dad was playing for the Dodgers, if he was a a 13, 14, 15 year Los Angeles Dodger, he might be portrayed very differently in the, in the media. And that was what he was probably hoping for, but, and he didn't want to change. That's the thing is my dad did not want to change his personality. And, and people say all the time, you know, to me, Hey man, I, I love what you're doing with Twitter, but they never do it publicly. Everything is, is in, in direct message. They, they won't engage with me, but Hey man, I love what you're doing. And they do the same thing with my dad. They say, Hey man, you're everything's so transparent. You just say what's on your mind. Why isn't everybody saying what's on their mind? And the real reason for that is that they're afraid of the writers, which is pathetic. Like the fact that the writers have any say in the fact that my dad's going to be a baseball hall of famer in 50 years is like, it's embarrassing. So you and I have talked in the past, and then if anyone who's been following this show for the time it's been on, there's six criteria for the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's player's record, ability, contribution to team, then there's sportsmanship, character, and integrity. And to me, integrity, it's you're honest. I think that's the most noble thing you could do. That's the best integrity of somebody. And when you're labeled with something, it's so hard to get away from it. And so you mentioned your dad wasn't able to stay on one team for too long. He went to play on for eight different teams. He was traded five times. Uh, For those of you listening who don't really know the great career of Gary Sheffield, drafted by the Brewers, uh, started as a shortstop back in 88. And then in 89, he was misdiagnosed with a foot injury. And then they demoted him to the minors, ended up bringing him back, but not to play short, to play third. And things didn't work out in Milwaukee too well. It was well-documented. But it was thought that your dad hated Milwaukee so much and the general manager at the time that he used to purposely, I can't even say it with a straight face, he used to purposely commit errors. Yeah, It's 100% false. It was debunked later on. But just that being labeled on you, how harmful is that to a career? Well, of course, it's, that's, it's with any allegations when anything's going on. From as serious as, I mean, like the, it doesn't matter how serious the allegations really are. If something, if someone says something about you, especially people that are important, the Ken Rosenthal's, I'm not saying Ken did anything or, but uh, any of these major outlets, if they write something about you that is negative based on an assumption, even though it ends up being proven false, a certain amount of, a certain percentage of the community is not going to get your information or believe your new information of, oh, okay, he's exonerated from that. There's going to be a large, there's probably more than half of baseball fans actually believe that my dad was making errors on purpose in Milwaukee. People from Milwaukee will come up to me on social media or in person. Any, I mean, literally anytime I went to a Packers game a couple of years ago and someone walked up to me and they recognized me from Twitter and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, screw you and your dad. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, he obviously knows the story about my dad making it because that's what it is. And so he, I was like, you know, can I help you? And he was like, dude, your dad's making errors on purpose. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, this man actually hates another grown man in his fifties because of a fake story that was written about something that someone else did 35 years ago. And so that goes to show you how much work it takes to fix your image when somebody responsible, because the media is directly responsible for these players image. They can just tarnish and write stories all they want and they don't pay for it. 
That, that's the thing. If Ken Rosenthal or 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 any or Adam Schefter wrote an article about a player and it's completely false, they're they've got a job the next day. And that's that's the unfortunate part about our media. So um, my dad never made errors on purpose. That never happened. It's if, if anyone asked him, hey, what was going on? He would tell you a straight up story. It'd be completely honest. He'd tell you he was unhappy to move to third base. But am I going to make errors on purpose at third base to get traded? No. I, if I wanted to be traded, I would say, hey, why don't you guys trade me? And that would be that. As you know, perception is 90% of reality. It's whatever you see, that's what you think is the truth. And yeah. so there, there's so much wrong with the Gary Sheffield story from the steroids to the use. I want to set it straight. So I think the biggest things that harm his career getting into the Hall of Fame is steroids. We just touched on it. Let's go back to it. The Balco report, as you mentioned, I don't think people really look at reports. I think they just read a synopsis and they just go, oh, Spark noted it. Okay. A-Rod's name's on here. Yep. This guy's name's on here. All these guys are on there. What did it say when your dad's name was on the Balco report? Vitamins. Vitamins. Literally vitamins. It says that, and in, in, I told you right before we went on, it literally says, like with Alex Rodriguez, it says with all those other players, that they're taking, they're ordering steroids under this name. And it literally says steroids, um, anabolic steroids, injections, all that. So it's not like they're going through alias, um, like alias products. And this means that no, my dad's name is on the Balco report having ordered from Balco. The, I mean, literally the organization vitamins, that was literally what it is. So if my dad is ordering vitamins and he literally cancels right away, that, that's something that happens. He, he cancels like within months of, of hearing about any of this stuff going on. Um, he works out with Barry Bonds that offseason, never talks to Barry after that because he finds out obviously what's going on. And, you know, he, he my dad was already in a position of power in Major League Baseball, already a top five player in Major League Baseball. Why would he risk putting himself in this position with this group of people? that's going to tarnish his career to the point where he's been working for 35, almost his, like literally his entire life he's been working. So why is he going to throw that away for, for what? Like what you hit 42 home runs in 2000 with 130 RBIs. And now you're going to start taking steroids. Like what sense does that make? So it's, it's very frustrating, but again, those writers, they don't do any research. They're not going to call my dad and clear up the story because they don't want to be wrong. So We'll, we'll see what happens. So it's accused. Dad used to do errors. I'm glad we got that out of the way. And I hope anyone listening believes that because first off, just logically, that's absurd. The steroid thing, I don't think anyone ever reads reports. So to think that your dad's in trouble for taking what my grandma does every day, that's also concerning. I, I want to stop being on the negative. You know, your dad was fantastic. And so when you look at character, integrity, sportsmanship, I think your dad deserves to be on there. Let's talk about player record and ability. Your dad, you know it better than me, 509 home runs, 292 batting average, hits, RBIs, it's all there, nine-time all-star. Your dad had some of the quickest hands I've ever seen. Can you just explain to people how great was Gary Sheffield? Well, my dad's part of his approach was he wanted to be an entertainment. He's part, he understands this is entertainment. That's what baseball is. And that's part of why the steroid era was a better era of baseball is that you saw these unique stances. You saw 
a bunch of players having their own styles because they showed up to the field and were like, I'm in entertainment. Like, that's what I am. Today's game, it's not that. Now it is data driven. It's how many home runs did Brett Gardner hit 23 home runs? That's one home run over the average. He deserves $8.5 million. Well, part of what my dad was doing is he wasn't trying to lift the ball all the time. And in today's era, they'd say, well, you're hitting too many line drives and ground balls. We need to get the ball in the air and you're probably going to have to get rid of that bat waggle. It's not as efficient to, to drive the ball in the air. And eventually my dad would be standing there like a statue hitting like everybody else that you see in today's game. His bat speed wouldn't be what it is. And that's what today's game really is. So my dad showed up to the field. He's trying to be an entertainment. And that's why so many people were, you don't try to emulate people who are trying to give you an output. You emulate people because they're trying to entertain you. That's what Ken Griffey Jr. was doing. I mean, you don't come up with these stances. Ken Griffey Jr. standing there like, like a, I mean, he had more swag than anybody in a batter's box. You don't do that by trying to give somebody an output. And, and that's why that era of baseball is, is remembered. It's why we have talk shows now to talk about that era. And the amount of talk shows that talk about today's era, it's dwindling. And so um, I, I would like to see that change. And um, I'm glad that people remember my dad, uh, especially 10, 15 years after he's already done. Your, your dad defensively being honest, you know, I think that shortstop third base era hurt him. And then as you yeah. said, baseball is very analytical. So defense is put into war. What is war? It's win above replacements. I still don't know what exactly goes into it, but if you take away your dad's defensive rating and you take it away from everyone else, I don't know if you know this, your dad's technically the 29th best player in baseball history. If you get rid of all that. Yeah. it's funny. They just let a DH into the hall of fame, maybe four or five years ago. So Edgar, yeah. Yeah, you let Edgar Martinez in as a DH. He was never asked to play defense. And I'm happy for Edgar. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame offensive player. It's the hardest part of baseball is to hit the ball. And you're going to put him in the Hall of Fame like he deserves. And if you take away my dad's defense, he's in the top 30 players that's ever touched a baseball. Are you kidding me? And so if you're in that conversation, if you're in the top 50 as an offensive player, you're a Hall of Fame baseball player. You deserve to be remembered for a long time, you you asked all the players and managers, what's Gary Sheffield's character? They'll tell you what his character is. It's one of the top five, 10 players they ever played with um, in turn, like off the field. And so if his character is what it is, the only answer that they can give me is steroids. And if they want an answer for that, why don't you call my dad and ask him? So if they, if they do the enough research, my dad will be enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of when. You just fired me up, man. So- at the end of every episode, as you know, I like to pretend like we're both writers and we give our vote. I think it's a hands-down thing. So what I want to do instead is it's time to vote. You're in front of the writers. What's your okay. last message to them before they vote? Do your homework. And there's a lot of great players on the ballot. And unfortunately, they are unfair to the writers and giving them 10 votes. That, that, is, that makes the criteria very hard um, to, de to decipher who are you leaving off. And if a guy votes for 10 people and leaves somebody that I thought was a Hall of Famer, like my dad off the list, I'm going to be disappointed, but I can live with someone making a grown man decision and saying, okay, these guys were just more deserving in my view. But if you're going to vote for two or three players or, or even zero players, which we saw this last offseason, you need to be contacting these players. You need to be uh, researching all the, the history of these plays in Milwaukee or, or this Balco story. You need to be reading every page of the Balco report, not just reading the, 
the spark notes of it and figuring out, okay, well, his name's involved. So I just can't, I just can't put him on my list. You haven't done enough research. And if these guys did enough research, I think they would be more comfortable with the list they put out. And I think the, the actual fans of baseball would be much more happy with the players that are getting into the hall of fame. So um, I hope that they do the research and we'll all be better for it. Baseball will be a better sport once we start to recognize steroid era. Once people start doing more research on what's actually happening and not just believing what they see, I think we're going to see a lot of more people deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, Pete Rose, Gary Sheffield, list goes on. And I hope that day comes. Gary Sheffield Jr. joins Hall of Snubs today. Gary, thank you so much. And I think we're going to see your dad in the hall one day. I hope so, man. And anytime, man. Thank you for listening to Hollis Snubs. Next week, we're going to be talking about one of Gary Sheffield's teammates who was alleged of using steroids. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Hall of Snubs. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Hall of Snubs. You can follow the host on Instagram at Zachary underscore Nikolai. Thank you to Mike Lapones for his oversight of this production. Hall of Snubs is a University of Laverne senior project.